Five o'clock in pirate country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in, turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. And roll. That's southern rock and roll right there. I like it. I like it. 38 special. Oh, no. What's going on with my headphones here? There we go. Doing well. It's uh, Monday, a uh, breezy, if not gusty, but nice day today. What a lovely weekend. Hope you were good to mom. And uh, if uh, you're one of those that uh, mom's your guardian angel, hope you uh, had some nice remembrances of uh, mom over the uh, weekend. Uh, it's always fun on uh, Mother's Day, uh, and uh, at, the real MVP, as uh, Cupcake Kevin once upon a time stated. Uh, we've got uh, a ton to get to here in the uh, next hour of uh, the Patrick Johnson Show. It's nice to have you along. Ben Byram is across the way producing today's effort. Ben, hey, Ben. Ben, always good to see you. You're doing all right? Everything good? You have a nice weekend? Doing great. Doing you were, great. You were all fired up because it was a, a double-shot weekend in a way for you and the combat sports world. It, it was, was, it was UFC and then WWE. So this was a big weekend for, uh, guys like you that like combat sports and, uh, and get all giddy over stuff like that. I so. can't speak for the latter, but UFC was awesome. You told me last week, we never got back around to it because they were going to test fighters before. And did a fighter test, uh, positive for the, uh, COVID-19 and didn't, he did. didn't who was that? That was a big name. Wasn't it? Jacare Sosa. As I said, that was a big name, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And he was uh, one of the main event guys, was he not? Yeah, he was. He, he was on the main card. I don't know about main event, but uh, he was scheduled to have an absolute banger with Uriah Hall, and eventually okay. that fell through. And uh, so, did they replace the fighter, or what happened? They just got rid of the fight altogether. Wow! So his opponent is out of payday. Yep, that sucks, doesn't it? It does. God, you hate it for those guys because those—I mean, those are truly independent contractors. Those guys are only getting paid if they fight. So that's a that's a bad deal for that dude. Well, that's that just stinks. I hate it for the guy. Two of his teammates got tested positive too, like on his uh, corner men and all yep, that. Yep, yeah, yep. I got you. But it was a good card. 
It was. It was. It was and awesome. they fought in the uh, Memorial Arena down there, Veterans Memorial Arena in Jackson, in Actionville, Florida. Get it right, Ben. And sorry, sorry. There was no. There were no fans. But you say it did not deter from the enjoyment of the of the event. I thought it was better than if there if there was fans. Now, why you, was that? You can hear the shots. You can like hear. You just hit the microphone there. You yeah, can hear yeah. that. Yeah, the little sound effect there. But yeah, you can hear the shots. You can hear. Ooh. It, it's pretty brutal, but wow. it, it's like an added effect to it. It adds to the fight. Um, Greg Hardy, not a popular guy in uh, the uh, NFL circles. For sure, really, for sure. He's now a UFC fighter, and he had a, a fight this weekend. Uh, so we'll get around to some of that audio. Uh, Major League Baseball has, the owners have approved a plan to, and they're now taking it to the Players Association, to play baseball in uh, July, starting in July. I kind of like this. It's an 80-game season, right? And uh, that means that uh, there'll be 14 games, I believe. Or, excuse me, 14 teams on the, uh, in, the in the postseason. So they're expanding the postseason, essentially, with, uh, with all of this. Uh, so we'll uh, tell you a little bit about that. Uh, Dr. Fauci. Uh, speaking out today about the NFL and football. Eh. And um, in a few minutes, we'll be joined by uh, Dr. Greg Murphy, who has just a splendid, splendid um, op-ed that the NNO and the Charlotte Observer have refused to run. And uh, it is uh, really, really good. Uh, we're going to have uh, Congressman Murphy... Uh, MD on with us to talk about uh, all of that. So that's where we're uh, going. Let's go up top and we'll uh, talk about the plan to start baseball uh, in July. Spring training would start early to mid-June, according to the Associated Press. Uh, The proposal now being taken to the Players Union after Major League Baseball's owners signed off on it. Uh, The season would start around July 4th weekend. I like that. I think that's a great kind of time to start. Baseball at this point, uh, there will there will not be fans, and uh, apparently a designated hitter for the National League in twenty twenty. Gosh, I, I'm such a National League guy. I I just I don't like the idea of the DH, but I understand why they're doing it. Uh, the spring training would start. Apparently, uh, the details of how spring training would play out have not totally been uh, laid out yet. Each team would have about 82 regular season games, so a little more than half of the schedule. Uh, Most of the opponents would be within its own division, interleague matchups as well. So in other words, uh, the AL East would play the NL East in interleague, Central, AL, NL, West, AL, NL, and then they would play teams basically in their own uh, division. So that's where the majority... In other words, this eliminates the cross-country flight, so if you're a, a Mets fan... There will be no West Coast baseball to stay up for, at least uh, at least under this plan this year. Postseason would be expanded from 10 clubs to 14, doubling the wild card in each, each league to four. I like that. Uh, teams would prefer to play at their regular season ballparks, but would switch to spring training stadiums or neutral sites if medical and government approvals can't be obtained for home games. Toronto might have to play games, in other words, down in Florida at their uh, minor league ballpark and complex there. Uh, the All-Star Game would be scheduled for Dodger Stadium on July 14th, likely would be called off. Makes sense. 
And uh, teams propose that players receive a percentage of the 2020 salaries based on revenues MLB receives during the regular season and postseason. That would be the big sticking point there. There were some articles uh, ahead of this over the weekend where major league players, uh, reps from the players' union, were saying, uh, we've already kind of taken a hit on our money. We're not going to renegotiate this deal. If ownership has a big year and their projections are higher than expected, we're not going back to ownership necessarily, collectively speaking, with our hands out. So uh, wanting to get some of that money or a percentage of that money. So that would be the only holdup, I guess, is if they want to take another hit to their salaries. Um, and, I'm, you know, we all want them to play. I understand it's a business, so you would just hope there's some kind of happy medium and, and that something could be agreed upon. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal over the weekend basically saying that the uh, NBA just needs to go ahead and call it off. And and the more we get with it, like this baseball plan, baseball's been very, very active about how they've gone about doing this. They've been very thoughtful and they've been very uh, urgent with how they're trying to come up with a plan to salvage as much of the season as possible. I love the idea with the postseason. So they're doing things that make a lot of sense. What makes no sense to me is what the NBA and NHL have talked about here, trying to come back and play at neutral sites or, or a designated area. I, I think it's easier to ramp up and start something. Not that any of this is easy, but it's it's a little more of uh, a likely goal if you're baseball and you haven't got any games played yet. You provide the spring training time, and then you kind of get involved with it. In other words, you're ramping up, and you've got a, a few weeks to do that. That makes sense to me. I think that's a good, uh, that's a good plan, and it gives us baseball this year. Another reason why I think we will have football, despite apparently what Fauci is saying, and we'll get to that. But I think we'll definitely have NFL. We will have college football this year. I talked to some people about that again today. I, I just think you're going to have you have to have college football. And I think you're going to have a football season because there's plenty of time, uh, although it is fleeting, there's a ton of time, one would think, to come up with a solid plan. So that's why I do think you'll have an NFL season for sure. Now, fans may not be in the stadiums, or the stadiums might just have fans spaced out greatly. We'll see. Uh, College football, still time to make those decisions, although I think they'll be made at the conference level, and that complicates things. Uh, unlike uh, with the pro leagues, because you have that one unifying voice in the commissioner and, and taking input from the owners. And owners want to play. And I think everybody wants to play football. So I, I think we will have that. I, I think it's difficult at this point, although the Premier League announced they're going to start back June 1st in soccer. Not my jam, but I, you know, I think it's great. No, it's not. I mean, it's insufferable. But I mean, I think it's fine, and it's a good sign that, you know, in a foreign land, they're, they're going to fire up soccer again. I don't know what that plan is under. I don't know what that looks like. And that's not even that the, the report was behind closed doors. This had been agreed upon. Uh, so, you know, it's maybe a little different with soccer starting back. The NBA guys don't seem to be real fired up to come back. Hockey, if, if Fauci believes football is not an ideal sport to come back to, and there's no way hockey is because it's just as much contact and guys uh, running into each other. Very international. And it is international. That's a great point. That's ex- It's extremely international. It's a fact, it's the, in baseball are the two, obviously, international sports. Uh, NBA does have a good deal of international players, but a lot of them reside pretty much in the U.S. 
Uh, I just I think it's going to be hard to try to start back with the NBA guys and the NHL guys unless you start hitting them in the pocketbook, then they'll come back. But I, I just don't know what sense it makes to come back at this point, play a tournament in July or August, and then delay the season all the way back to December. Although I, I, I really, you know, we talk all this time about, well, the NBA should shorten the season and what have you. And I think that's fine. It makes total sense to me. But it's, the NBA, if it's going to do that, should start on Christmas Day. I think it's the best day for the NBA to start uh, the season. They did that during the 50-game season of many years ago. It was one of the more exciting NBA seasons because they fired it up on Christmas, and then guys played hard for the whole 50 games. So we, we will see. I, I do think out of this you're going to see pro sports. Uh, in other words, I think this baseball postseason thing sticks. I think they may be willing to trade games for an opportunity for there to be more uh, regular, uh, more postseason baseball. Uh, all right, uh, we'll get to the NBA side of that. Michael Jordan, I finally caught up on all of the uh, the last dance from the weekend. Uh, some comments on the weekend prior, uh, which had a couple of North Carolina things, even had a little green nod to Greenville in it. And then the episodes last night where uh, his airness got a little verklempt. Uh, we'll have that coming up uh, for you. Uh, but right now, a timeout because uh, we got to get uh, Dr. Murphy on. So we're calling Greg Murphy. We'll have him on the phone uh, when we return, and uh, we'll get the very latest uh, here on this uh, COVID cast Patrick Johnson show with Dr. Greg Murphy, our congressman for uh, this area after this. You're listening to the Patrick Johnson show on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, the PMAT. He's a big dumb animal, isn't he, folks? This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. 70 degrees now uh, in Greenville. Really uh, nice afternoon, a little breezy. Uh, Tonight we'll hang on to the uh, breezy conditions with wind gusts uh, maybe over 20 miles an hour, but down to a chilly 41, 65 for tomorrow, 72 Wednesday, and then 79 uh, Thursday as the warm-up begins, 84 Friday, but no rain in the forecast this week. All sunshine, even though it will be a little uh, chilly the next couple of days. Let's go to the uh, phones. Uh, Congressman Greg Murphy, MD, uh, joins us here on the phone. Uh, he has been uh, as as really excellent as anybody uh, communicating in eastern North Carolina and across all of North Carolina, actually, uh, during this uh, this whole pandemic. Uh, Congressman, thank you for taking a few minutes with us uh, here, and uh, happy Monday to you, sir. Good afternoon, Patrick. Happy Monday to you. I hope you're safe. Yeah, we're doing well. Uh, we're hanging in uh, here. I saw uh, and read what was uh, a really, really well thought out uh, and well written uh, op-ed that you had penned. Had sent it off to uh, our uh, alleged top newspapers here in the state of North Carolina, and they're not running it and uh, or publishing it. And uh, so we've posted it on our social media uh, personally and. Uh, a lot of people seem to respond to the fact that this is uh, well thought out, makes total sense. And, and it basically comes down to something we've talked about here for the last several weeks. Uh, there's no one size. It's, it's turned into a none size fits all type of solution to getting our economy back going. Yeah, it's very frustrating, uh, Patrick. I, I, I will admit um, that, you know, I've, I've reached out to those guys several times and it's like uh, they don't want to hear anybody, but their own voices, but that's a, that's a different issue. Uh, uh, 
it's just kind of sad that this whole thing has turned somewhat political. But yeah. regardless, it, there is not a one-size-fits-all. And, you know, as I pointed out in my op-ed, you know, I've taken care of patients for over 30 years. Two people with the same diagnosis are not oftentimes treated the same way. And our state is like that. If you look at eastern North Carolina and then you look at Mecklenburg County, they are two different, uh, two different situations, and they should not be treated the same. There's no reason that we uh, in eastern North Carolina should have as severe restrictions as they do in, in Mecklenburg County. The data does not support that. And so it just makes you wonder, why is this happening? And, you know, I won't get into that, but I, I just think it needs to be more thoughtfully uh, uh, run through and uh, that some of the uh, policies put in, ch- put in place should be a lot more thoughtful and intentional. I know you have uh, talked a lot about this of, of not second guessing local leadership and, and wanting to stay kind of uh, in, in your lane, so to speak. But I think from a medical standpoint, you could speak to this very expertly. It seems to me that uh, now that we've got some initial results, and this is something that we can't base a lot on right now because the testing's still going on, but the first sort of round of antibody testing from uh, that's that the legislature is paying for out of Winston Salem. Has, has come out and shown us some numbers is, is the frustration at this point is that whatever they're doing at the state level and whoever the governor is listening to, uh, to make these decisions that maybe he's not doing so with a full, uh, you know, complement of data points that maybe he's just concentrating on just certain data points. And, and, and that would seem to me, uh, you would want to have every, as much information as possible when you're making these decisions, yeah, Patrick, I mean, they're um, life and death decisions right now. Yeah, and I think it was unfortunate, but it took the threat of a lawsuit um, to the Department of Health and Human Services to release the information about where these deaths were occurring. It took literally the threat of a lawsuit. And as soon as that was done, we find out that essentially 60% of the people who have passed away um, have been from nursing care facilities. Mm -hmm. Now, nursing care facilities are licensed by the state, um, but we know in those particular institutions, those individuals are, are at high risk. They're already individuals who are sick um, in nursing homes. And so, you know, again, it just gives us more information to, to talk to the general public. Um, you know, as I made a point there, if you're under 65 and healthy, the likelihood of you having a severe outcome, it's not, it's not zero by any means, but it's very, very low. And it does not really, in my opinion, mandate the, uh, the fear and anxiety that's being pushed upon people. Um, throughout the state. Congressman Greg Murphy is uh, on the line with us uh, here. Dr. Murphy uh, practicing here in Greenville for a number of years uh, and uh, represents uh, District 3, uh, which uh, encompasses uh, Greenville and a good majority of our listening area as well. Uh, as uh, we have the congressman on uh, the phone with us here, we appreciate his time greatly. You met with the president late last week, and uh, again, out of that, the big headline, uh, according to some media sources, is that you all weren't properly distanced and you weren't wearing masks. And that seems to be the big thing now. Um, we won't get into that so much, but what was accomplished uh, and what was discussed in your mind uh, in that, uh, in that meeting last week? Well, Patrick, we all had uh, tests an hour before, um, you know, where they tested us for the virus. We were all were spaced apart. Um, you know, it's funny about the mask issue. There's been so much that goes around the mask issue one way or the other. Um, you know, but if we're literally all just tested right before then, the, the lack of the fact of transmitting to, uh, this virus, if you don't have the virus, is pretty low. But regardless, um, the purpose of the meeting was for the president to hear from individuals around the country 
what is going on in their districts? What are they hearing from their people? Uh, he honestly wanted to hear, hey, what what is going on in the nation? And it's better to hear uh, directly from people who are re- representing those people in the district than other people just in the White House. So it was really an, an information session for the president, and it was very well received. He asked a lot of questions and um, I think gave a lot of actionable items. Uh, Congressman, what uh, were you on that, I guess, because of your vocation? I mean, were, was, were you on there because you are a medical uh, guy? I know you, of course, represent an important district and an important state, uh, you know, for the president in his mind. But uh, was that a lot of the reason you were on there, uh, Greg, was because of your, your expertise? Uh, to be very honest with you, Patrick, I'm not sure. The president <laughs> just picked me to be on there. And, um, when you're told by the president of the United States to show up for a meeting, you do it. Right. And so, um, it was one other physician in the group. Okay. Uh, but, uh, you know, um, I, I think he likes Eastern North Carolina. There's talk that, uh, house Democrats want another round of, uh, of stimulus, uh, money to go directly to people, but also money to bail out. Uh, municipalities uh, to bail out states, uh, in a sense, a lot of states that maybe have not managed their uh, themselves very, very well. North Carolina has been fiscally responsible. Uh, and then there's some other things in that. There's rumor of, uh, you know, widespread mail-in voting. Uh, where are you right now on what you've heard or maybe seen and read about what this bill may look like? Well, uh, we're held in the dark. Uh, Speaker Pelosi has not essentially called us back to Washington, D.C. So it is her her and her alone who is, uh, she and she alone, who is crafting legislation. We can only hear bits and pieces actually leaked uh, from the media um, about what this is going to entail. It's another $2 trillion um, of relief, which, to be honest with you, Patrick, we can't literally, and literally that's what we're doing. We're printing money. Yeah. And, um, you know, all the PPP for the last program is not taken up. There's still, I think, I believe, $100 billion left in that. And what we need to do is now, again, using science, we're at a point where we don't need to create yet another um, level of government dependency. What we need to do is start getting people back to work in a safe, intelligent, and methodical manner. And that takes care of itself. Uh, The mail-in voting thing is a very thinly veiled attempt uh, by uh, the majority party to use this crisis to, uh, in my opinion, manipulate an election. They've tried to manipulate the 2016 election, and now they're trying to manipulate this one. If someone cannot get to the polls, there's something called an absentee ballot. All you have to do is request it, and it gets sent to your home. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, You know, we hear also in some of this um, nonsense for mail-in voting that, that you could mail it in up to nine days after the election. After wow. the election. Wow. In other words, if they don't like the results, they will go knock on doors, beat on doors and say, here, mail this in um, real quick. Um, that's just, you know, literally this is what um, the, the Stalinist Russia did to gain power. It's what the uh, other folks did to gain power. It just destroys American democracy. Our uh, great friend, Congressman Greg Murphy, uh, MD, is on the line with us uh, here. Uh, as far as some of the latest numbers you've seen, uh, with this uh, disease nationally and, uh, and even in North Carolina and Eastern North Carolina, uh, you, you talk to a lot of people, a lot of colleagues in, in uh, your uh, profession. Uh, what is, 
what what's your analysis, I guess, of what we're seeing now numbers wise? Uh, how do you feel about where this is, you know, sort of headed as, as the weather starts to warm up? You know, the whole purpose of flattening the curve, um, if you look at the two curves, and I talked about this on social media over two, two months ago, was that you had a massive spike and then you had much more of a controlled curve. The area under, cur- under the curve, under both of them, meaning the people affected, does not change. We had to flatten the curve to allow our hospitals and, and medical facilities, first responders, et cetera, get time to get this protective gear, PPE, um, get ventilators, et cetera, et cetera. And they've had time now to do that. Is it perfect? No. But we are in a much, 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 much better place than we were two months ago. And in my opinion, continuing to push things down the road is goes against all the data that we have learned. And you have to question why someone's doing this. Um, if, uh, if there are political reasons, I really hope that they're not, but you just start to wonder. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point, we're going to have to develop what we call herd immunity, where enough people have either gotten a, a successful vaccine, and I'll be happy to talk to that, or um, gotten the infection, got over it, which the vast, vast, vast majority of individuals do, especially those who are not in a high-risk category. So uh, I think we're in a good spot. We're not in a perfect spot. This virus is not going to magically disappear. Right. Um, and, um, you know, we're doing all that we can, but we need to start getting people back to a sense of normalcy. You know, everybody's wearing masks. Everybody's trying to be socially spacing. Some people are not, but we don't live in a, in a totalitarian society. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's time, it's past time to do this. Yeah. You, you did mention a vaccine, uh, and you've been very consistent with this. I mean, we're months away, uh, from that. So maybe you could again speak to that, but also maybe the treatment of, uh, of this sickness, of this virus, uh, what, what maybe steps have been made uh, to aid with the treatment of it? Yeah, so I, um, I actually went through our ICUs a couple weeks ago, and all the patients had been put on chloroquine. They had their hearts monitored and all those things. Um, uh, the other thing is an uh, antiviral called remdesivir, which Dr. Fauci talked about, and they've tracked that for what are promising results. It's not a cure. It's a treatment. Um, it's not a cure. And they're still working on other treatments. There's something called uh, convalescent plasma, where you take um, blood from someone who's recovered and use the antibodies they have to treat this other stuff. Again, that's not a cure. It doesn't respond in everybody. We've made steps. Um, I wouldn't say we've made leaps and bounds on that side, but we've definitely made steps in a positive direction. Vaccines are a, a different thing. There are, di- they're, you know, many, many being tried across the world. Um, And just so everybody knows, a vaccine is something that you give to somebody. It has a piece of the virus in it. Your body responds by making an antibody to it. And so when it sees that real uh, virus, it attacks that that virus. And it understands, hey, this is something that shouldn't be here. I should attack it or attack the cell that the virus is into. Um, You know, all vaccines are not 100%. You know, we had a flu vaccine about three years ago in North Carolina that only had about a 10 or 15% efficacy. Mm -hmm. So... You know, that's not a cure. Um, so there, there are many ways that are challenging in front of us. And so pushing things down the road for a thought that we're all going to be, you know, cured of this is not, one, scientific, and two, not realistic. You know, the biggest question I'm asked, uh, Doc, is do you think we'll have football? Um, what would you say has to be in place in order to have a, a football season, pro, college, what have you? Well, the... Uh, the football players will have to be six feet apart and can only air tackle. And, um, 
you know, um, maybe go back to tag football where no touch, um, you know, Patrick, I don't know what that looks like. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that looks like. And so, uh, does testing have guess, to be really. a big part of that though? I mean, in your mind, just, yeah, but, uh, you know, everybody's clamoring, uh, for more tests, more tests, more tests. And by all means, good Lord, I think we passed the 8 million test mark in the United States. We've done more tests in the United States than any country in the world. Yeah. Uh, but then people are screaming that the tests aren't any good. And so at what point do you just um, say, gosh, you know, we're doing the best we can. We're going to have to, you know, instead of running from this, we're going to have to learn learn to uh, live with it, mm-hmm. which is what we're going to have to do. Yeah. Well, uh, there, there's talk that baseball may uh, be coming back July 4th weekend and uh, play a shortened season. That would be a good thing. No fans in the stands. But, uh, again, a lot of people – are always asking about football. I'm going to give them the answer that you, that air tackling. That's what I'm going to give them <laughs> when they ask me that again. Uh, Dr. And then, you, you know, it's just like calling your own fouls. You can say, yeah, right. I tackled you. <laughs> Doc, is there anything we haven't uh, discussed that we need to make sure that we let the people know about? Yeah. Um, you know, the future, I'm going to tell you this from the heart, and this is what I believe, you know, and, and this, this has changed and morphed through time. Um, I think this is going to be a two-year uh, uh, struggle. It doesn't mean it's to, the struggle that we're going today is going to be what we have for two years, but it's going to be a cycle, and we can't keep on push, pushing off the inevitable. You know, people try to play emotions about this and say, well, you're choosing lives over money, or excuse me, money over lives. That's not the case at all. Right. We have so many people that have literally put their life into their work, and now that that's gone, they have nothing. Um, suicides are, are going to go up just like they did in the Great Depression, domestic violence. Uh, one particular uh, medical paper journal two days ago said that there were 80,000 cancers not diagnosed because of people staying at home. Right. So there are a lot of things that the virus is causing, but there is a great number of things that our response to the virus is causing. One we can alter, one we can deal with, the other we can't. And so how we respond to this virus is key. We've done a good job so far, but I think it's time, given the information that we have, that we make an intelligent pivot and move forward. Let me just uh, one more thing. I know you have to go. If if the economy were to open uh, in North Carolina, how quickly do you feel like just the overall recovery, the North Carolina recovery, maybe the Eastern Carolina recovery is? And I realize that's a layered and a little bit of a loaded question, but uh, it seems the longer that this stays, things stay shut down from a recovery standpoint in our, our livelihoods and our economy, uh, especially in the East, that just gets delayed and it makes it much more difficult. Hands down, hands down. I think it'll be a short-term recovery will be two years. That's if we start moving and we stop pushing the ball down the road un- unnecessarily, in my opinion. As far as a national recovery, I think it will take five years. We had the greatest economy in the world um, two and a half months ago. That infrastructure is still in place. There are a lot of businesses that are now um, going to be shuttered completely because the last two months have been disastrous. And no, even if we opened up tomorrow, they've not been able to open. Fortunately, I hope that those are few and far between. Uh, we're in a fight for our lives. But I will tell you, at the same time, we're in a fight for this nation. Um, China has lied to us since day one. They continue to lie to us. And um, we cannot let our foot off the gas uh, looking about what's going on on the international market either. Uh, Congressman, thank you. Your your time is always appreciated, and uh, we'll uh, get you in the studio one of these days here soon. But thank you for a few minutes. Great. Thank you so much. Stay safe. All right. There he goes, Congressman Greg Murphy.
Uh, he has uh, done a, a fantastic job and has been very level-headed and pragmatic uh, during all this while also making sure that people uh, stay uh, stay healthy and stay uh, uh, within the guidelines of what they need to do, especially uh, hand-washing and all that. He's, he's been fantastic. All right, Ben, I tell you what, why don't we break? We'll come back and get your uh, update, and then we'll uh, continue on Patrick Johnson's show on this Monday. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we're doing it for the gram. Doing it for the gram. Like our brand new 94.3 The Game Instagram page for photos from our shows, all the events we cover, pirate game days, and all the hashtags, pics, and videos from around the pirate nation. That's 94.3 The Game and our brand new page now on Instagram. Patrick Johnson. I think he's a hedonist and an overblown grandstander. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Ben Barm here for your 94 Through the Game Sports Update. Attorneys representing Zion Williamson's former marketing representative and her company have asked the New Orleans Pelican Star to admit that his mother and stepfather demanded and received gifts, money, and other benefits from persons acting on behalf of Adidas and Nike and also from people associated with Duke to influence him to sign with the Blue Devils and to wear Nike or Adidas products. Williamson sued Gina Ford and Prime Sports in June and attempted to terminate his marketing agreement with her company. In college football, former NC State starting cornerback Nick McLeod is joining Notre Dame as a graduate transfer. McLeod, who announced his destination on Twitter, started 20 games for NC State. He served as a team captain last season, but a knee injury limited him to two games. And in the NFL, Dr. Anthony Fauci claims that the NFL season depends on testing in response to the coronavirus in the fall. Fauci said right now there's too much infection for there to be a season. Adam, but I would hope that by the time you get to September, it's not going to be the way it is right now. He claims the NFL could diminish the possibility of the spread dramatically by testing everybody Saturday night, Sunday morning, and say, okay, only negative players play. The Dolphins have filed their contract for number five overall pick Tua Tugavaiola for his four-year $30.28 million contract with a fifth-year option. He gets a sign-up bonus of $19.6 million, and it's all guaranteed. And in the MLB, Major League Baseball owners gave their, their go-ahead Monday to make a proposal to players' union that could lead to a coronavirus-delayed season starting around the 4th of July weekend in ballparks without fans. Spring training will start early to mid-June. Each team would play about 82 regular season games. The postseason play would be expanded from 10 clubs to 14 by doubling wild cards in each league to four. If you're a 94 through the game sports update, I'm Ben Barm. Now back to Patrick Johnson. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Thank you, Ben. Got choked up there. Um, I was just rereading uh, the Fauci thing, and you referenced it there. I read it earlier today, and uh, I just... Took another look at it. Uh, so Fauci is saying that football is a game where it's optimal for the virus to transfer to transfer from one person to the other, and that they would basically have to have daily testing of every player in the NFL, and I guess coaches and, and support personnel, but definitely players, in order to to have a football season. And he basically says the virus will dictate whether we have football or not. Now, again, he's talking just NFL here. He's not talking college. The college thing seems to have its own situation complicating uh, that, although I, I still stand by the idea there will be football because there has to be uh, football from a from a financial standpoint. They have to play games. Um, Fauci is saying sweat's not a problem, but then the Obama-era hack, Mandy Cohen, who's basically running all this stuff, 
through uh, Roy Wimpy Cooper and and kind of keeping. I mean, she's making the determination of when stuff opens. She says one of the reasons that they don't open gyms is because of the sweat. So if the disease can't be transferred via sweat, via perspiration, why in the hell are gyms closed? That makes zero sense. What's the issue? What could possibly be the issue? You know, unless she feels like, unless, well, here's the other thing, and I'm glad dentists are open. You know, dentists reopened today, and there's a lot of people that uh, need to, you know, obviously have, I mean, a healthy mouth is, is obviously a part of you being, of your overall health. There's an impact on that. But, I mean, those are people in someone's mouth. Why, why aren't beauticians open? Why aren't, uh, you know, barbers open? Why aren't hairdressers open? It's just that that to me makes zero sense because they're doing the majority of the work. They're not, they're never really in front of your face, but I'll be back to this. So Fauci is saying that there's no way to transfer this uh, disease via sweat. In other words, you know, athletes, even in any sport can't, that would not be the way they would uh, possibly pass the virus on to another one. But Mandy Cohen says, that's the reason we have gyms closed. And it's more from the state level confusing misinformation. That's not any news source calling it. Mis- and that's Cohen not having her stuff together, which shouldn't be terribly surprising. Uh, but sweat is not a, a threat to the spread of the virus. Fauci has been very, very consistent. Um, you know. The virus would be a you know it would be a problem I guess because of the close the closeness of, of of athletes. Like if you were near someone who had a bug or had a virus and you would contract it the same way playing sports against them, but it does not pass through through sweat or any other kind of, of, of fluid or anything. So from the state standpoint, that's the reason gyms are closed because Cohen is telling everybody well it could transmit via sweat. I mean it's just. She's unbelievable. It's just, it's, she truly is uh, just unbelievable. Uh, but Fauci did not seem very positive about there being any sort of uh, a football in, in the interview he did with uh, Peter King. Um, and again, he, he seems to think that it's going to have to be a, a high amount of tests almost a, a daily test. It would have to be daily tests. Um, says weekly testing will not be enough. You have to test every day, but that's not practical and that's never going to happen. You can diminish drastically by testing everybody Saturday night, Sunday morning and say, okay, only negative players play. So that's what uh, he said. Again, he's talking more about the NFL here. You know, with the, uh, the, the UFC fight that we referenced earlier that uh, combat sport aficionado, a man who gets emotional over it, uh, young Ben Byram, uh, said, I mean, they had a guy, a fighter, I guess the day before, test, and so they, they pulled him from the fight. I mean, that's what you, you'd probably have to do if daily testing is not affordable. But, I mean, it would seem to me if anybody could pull it off financially, the NFL could. But, I mean, I, I would say regular testing, multiple testing during the week would be realistic. It's going to be, you know, something that colleges are going to have to consider uh, also. Um, we've got that article. We've retweeted it on our uh, Twitter, also on our Facebook. Uh, 
I caught up last night on, or over over the weekend. I, I, I actually stayed up last night and watched the two Jordan Last Dance. That's big Go, for you. That's it is really amazingly big. big for me, and I it has not been a good day as a result. I I, I feel totally thrown off kilter today. I'm, I I drank my coffee at an odd time as a result. I mean, just the whole thing. That ain't my bag, man. Threw off your whole schedule. Oh, just staying up, making that decision last night to watch. Big, big game changer. Threw everything off. Um, you know, but there was this moment last night, I guess, where they basically said, you know, MJ was uh, a real jerk to his teammates, but he pushed them. And that's kind of the way, you know, he was. He, he, he wasn't a nice guy. And they kind of ask him that at the end of one of the episodes. And uh, what are we on now? Eight, seven and eight. So at the end of episode seven, uh, they talked to him because you know, all of his former teammates were saying the guy was a jerk and we would fight him in practice. They're even scared of him. Some, some of them were. Yeah. yeah. Robert Parrish was not Robert Parrish. The chief was going to whip him. Your guy, your guy. I love the chief, but, um, the chief was like a jujitsu guy. He would get up in the morning before it was fashionable at like four in the morning. And, and Phil Jackson had nothing on the chief's desk. Start sparring. Oh, he might. But this is what Jordan had to say. Now, how long has this been? Is this the... Okay. So this is kind of the, 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 the main cut. This is from the ESPN Last Dance. Jordan kind of got a little verklempt here when talking about, you know, not being considered a nice guy, but being considered more of uh, a taskmaster. When people see this, uh, they're going to say, well, he wasn't really a nice guy. He may have been a tyrant. Oh, well, that's you. Because you never wanted anything. I wanted to win, but I wanted them to win and be a part of that as well. Like, I don't have to do this. I'm only doing it because it is who I am. That's how I played the game. That was my mentality. If you don't want to play that way, don't play that way. Oh, I, I, I thought there was a little more there. I think it's a little after that he starts to get kind of... A, basically, he says he would never ask his teammates to do anything that he would not he would not do. Now, the ones from last week, it got into two things. Uh, the Harvey Gantt, Jesse Helms race, and that he didn't speak out. And, of course, people were viewing that at a, at, through the prism of today where athletes... In some cases, in most cases, speak out without knowing what they're talking about. Um, and that really wasn't what happened in that era. And Jordan is, t- you know, it happened with Ali, but the whole Ali thing is so different. It all, with Ali, too, it also happened 20-some-odd year or several years before this, this uh, political race that was in question. And, you know, Jordan said it perfectly. I, I didn't want to speak out on something I didn't feel qualified or that I knew enough about to speak out on. His his life was so tunneled on basketball that a lot of these other things he really didn't pay attention to. He said he never saw himself more than an athlete. He's an athlete. He's yeah. not qualified to speak Well, on. and he certainly, uh, if if he has an opinion, he's certainly, as anybody's entitled, but your opinion could be wrong. Your beliefs might not be right. And that's where today I think Anytime these athletes get on some kind of, I mean, the, the whole China NBA thing exposed their hypocrisy greatly. Um, there was also the old Michael Jordan golf. He had that, uh, the old 
Michael Jordan classic that used to be here in Greenville for all those years. He had the golf bag from that in the other episode from the previous weekend where he was uh, playing golf. He still had that. It still looked good. It still looked brand new. I missed that part. I missed it. Yeah, I gotta so go back it, and check when, it out. When he's playing golf uh, where, they, where they were late in the season and they were playing golf, not having a practice. He had the bag. He had the bag. A little Greenville Easter egg little, there. little Greenville Easter egg, exactly. From the P-Man. Would have yeah. never even knew that. Yeah. Well, there you go. So you learned something. Uh, hey, we are on uh, all kinds of... I, I'm learning a, li- a new list every day of all of the places you can podcast a show from. Uh, Spotify is the latest and greatest. Uh, we are getting close with Apple Podcasts. Is that right? I would say within the next two days. Okay. Apple Podcast is uh, vetting us. And uh, so we're having to go through that. SoundCloud, of course. Uh, Google Podcast. Uh, Archer, is that the name of this? Anchor. Anchor. Anchor I'm sorry. Anchor. Uh, Breaker. Not familiar. Okay. Uh, Radio Public and Pocket Cast are all the places you can go. Who knew? Places these- I never even heard of. Well, that's all right. There. We're, we're, uh, we're, we're taking it double uranium, son. For whatever you prefer. Exactly. Wherever you download a podcast, you can find uh, the Patrick Johnson Show. All right. We will uh, wrap things up and a uh, little RIP to a uh, comedy great when we return. Like us on Twitter at 94.3 The Game for breaking sports news, programming alerts, and the latest from the ECU Pirates. Patrick Johnson, every weekday at 5. I know he's a friend of yours, but that guy is bonkers. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Ben Byram reporting to me right now, according to the Twitter sphere. Becky Lynch, the WWE... Raw Women's Champion. We'll make a huge announcement tonight, Ben. Huge announcement. Ooh, wow. So they're teasing that. Uh, boy, the WWE on Monday and Friday nights, their numbers have uh, crashed. Terrible. Very, very bad. All-time worst. Yeah, they are. Um, speaking of uh, ratings numbers, you know, certainly Seinfeld uh, was uh, a, a top show. And even in syndication, continues to be like a highly ranked, uh, rated show uh, in 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 whatever the syndication deal is that has made uh, Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David uber like ungodly rich. Uh, but uh, Jerry Stiller, who portrayed Frank Costanza, was also on The King of uh, Queens for a good run as a character. There, I'm not as familiar with that one, uh, but. Uh, he died overnight. It was announced this morning. Do we have the uh, Serenity now? Serenity now. There you Serenity go. Now. Serenity now. If you're if you're overblown on all of this uh, COVID nineteen stuff, uh, you can uh, say Serenity now and get to the place you need to be. Uh, every year on the twenty third, uh, when we're on radio, we do uh, the Festivus for the rest of us. Now it'll have a special meaning this year. A Festivus for the rest of us. Indeed. The tradition of Festivus begins. With the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Uh, fantastic stuff. And he was sort of the bombastic character, but apparently in real life uh, was a very, very nice, uh, very kind of soft-spoken kind of guy and a guy that didn't want to say all the bombastic kind of uh, crazy things that the Frank Costanza character, because it went against like his personality. Like he really had to, to get uh, and muster up the gumption to do that. Uh, oh, the Murphy's table deal, not Greg Murphy, but the, the other Murphy, I'm hearing there's a Murphy's table. There was a Murphy's table sighting nearby here. 
The Legend of Murphy's Table, which is a whole story we'll have to get into when we have more time. But uh, we might be, may have been spotted. Oh, wow. This has to do with the ECU and the jungle, and and, and the Murphy's Table is kind of like a flat sandy. It's all over eastern North Carolina now. Like, apparently it's showing up in various places around ECU's campus, around the town. May or may not have been in the studios earlier today, I'm told. So, doing a statewide tour here. Well, at least an Eastern North Carolina tour. So the legend of Murphy's Table continues to grow, and we'll have more on that throughout the week. Uh, Corey LaJoy, the NASCAR driver, is going to join us Friday, by the way, ahead of the race in uh, Darlington this uh, Sunday as uh, NASCAR fires things up without fans. Uh, Not Murphy's Table, but Dr. Greg Murphy. Thanks to him for being on with us today. Thanks to Ben Byram. Sean Crest talking some baseball in Zion tomorrow and more. So we hope you'll join us. Stay safe, wash them hands, and have a good, uh, and if not great evening. We'll see you tomorrow.